Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe still on uh, pilgrimage in Lourdes, France. It's such a wonderful opportunity to experience the divine, to experience miracles. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. I feel kind of like a bride now because I've got something old and something new here with me. And we have an old guest. We have Father Andrew Fisher uh, visiting us again here in the Luxurious Corner booth here on Pilgrimage. How wonderful to have you back, Father Father Fisher. So good to see you. Thanks, Deacon Jeff. Great to be back. We also have, uh, he brought his director of religious education, but also a, a dame of Malta, right? Correct. Uh, Laura Mead. And she's here uh, also at, so you're from St. Ambrose uh, as well. I am. I've been a parishioner for about 21 years. Wow. And so you're also the, the DRE there. Yes. So that makes you a very important person. Some people think so. Yeah, she go ahead. Very important. <laughs> Extremely. I yeah, I, w- I guess I should ask the pastor. Is she doing a pretty good job? She's doing an incredible job. Well, that's, th- and that's good. And that's an important thing. And, you know, I, I think it's great that we, uh, uh, that we, that we brought you guys in today because, um, you know, it's interesting. We did a show with you uh, last year on pilgrimage. Father Andrew, and you, you brought and, and shared with us a wonderful man, Paul Hennessy, uh, Paul, a landscape artist, I believe, and, and uh, beautiful paintings, and, and we talked about finding uh, God in beauty, right, in art and all those things. It was a great, it was a great show, but there's sort of like a backstory here, because I, I was asking you, you know, how's, how's Paul doing? We, I saw you, like, in the airport as we're all getting excited and get ready, coming back to, to Lourdes, France for another great pilgrimage. And, and you told, shared some news with me. So tell me, tell me about Paul. Right. My cousin Paul, who's a very well-known artist in northern Virginia, did beautiful paintings all across America. He sold his artwork. Uh, had terminal cancer and was really fighting it and did some experimental medicine, was holding on, and always wanted to come to Lourdes. So came to Lourdes last year, had a really great experience with many blessings, and I'd even say some miracles. And then, uh, unfortunately, the terminal cancer kept getting stronger and stronger, and he passed away a few days ago. So I'm here giving thanksgiving for Paul's uh, life and especially for all the graces that came last year when he came to Lourdes. Yeah, and that's so, that's so important to understand. You, you say miracles happen here. And when we talk about miracles and people associate miraculous healings here at Lourdes because of the, the, the water that comes from the, from the mountain, that, uh, uh, you know, the spring that St. Bernadette uh, discovered at Mary's beckoning. And, you know, we, there's old pictures. You can buy postcards in the gift shops here with, with crutches hanging all over the place. And so people associate this, this healing, and yet so often there's a different kind of healing. Tell us about maybe, without going into too much detail, Paul's situation. Was he... Was he in good step with the church there and, and God and all that leading up to the, his, his pilgrimage? Sure. Every day in Lourdes, miracles take place. But I'd say 99% of them are undocumented. Yeah. And that's because God often works in a very powerful but humble way without the, we'd say in Hollywood, the flashing lights and the whistles and sirens. That's around. right. And sometimes the graces are a seed being planted that at Lord's may not come to the fullness of visibility, but what takes place here continues to grow and grow and grow. And certainly in my cousin's life, my cousin Paul was Catholic and certainly loved, loved the faith and came from a family that lived the faith. 
But uh, any one of us would really sometimes, uh, with health or something difficult in life, kind of step back and say, okay, what's going on here? And uh, Paul explained to me that when he came to Lourdes, that uh, there was not a huge miracle. It wasn't that he suddenly was cured of, of the cancer, but he felt like God had given him a few more pieces of the puzzle. Mm. And he could see some pieces coming together. And certainly when Paul came back, even the last couple months of his life, Many friends and family and even some of the doctors said there's something different. You have, you have more peace and joy. You know, there, there's more that you're seeing more than just what's in front of you right now. And I attribute a lot of that no, to that's, not, that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful story. And really, to me, I look at that and go, I, I think, you know, uh, people might say, well, wow, that's, that's a big picture miracle. Like that's, what, that's the ultimate goal of all miracles, right, is to, to be able to see God face to face. And so this is an opportunity where Paul grew in that way and how beautiful uh, that was, and that, that maybe Lourdes was that um, uh, the impetus for that, or sure. the, the opportunity for that. But Laura, we brought you along because you uh, you do something that's right really near and dear to my heart. You're, <laughs> as a director of religious education, you're very responsible for the RCIA program. Right. And I just I guess we should point out that uh, you know not all miracles are happening at Lourdes. You know God really has a way of of, of interacting with every human being wherever they might be. And sometimes these great miracles happen even in our own home parishes. Yes, absolutely. I, um, I feel very blessed to be part of a lot of miracle stories that haven't happened at Lourdes. Um, I meet people all the time who come in and might have fallen away from the faith or have questions about the faith or even, you know, are, are angry at the church. But then I find that um, particularly after I came to Lourdes, I think what what helped me and Lords help other people was that I finally um, I learned a little bit about obedience and that Mary when Mary calls you answer ah. and that um, you know you you have complete but she doesn't confidence. yell at you right Mary never no yells. she doesn't I wish she would because then I'd listen sooner <laughs> you may be <laughs> but she doesn't it's a it's a quiet consistent constant call um, with her arms wide open. And I know now that um, when she calls, it's really, she's doing Jesus' work. I know that she's coming to me, calling me, um, and that Jesus is, is right there with her. It, sometimes it's easier to, you know, to approach Jesus with Mary next to your side. That's right. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, company. It's nice to have somebody yeah. with you on yeah. your team. Right. And so then that's what I feel like with um, a lot of the parishioners that I've met. Or other, you know, just friends that um, I can accompany them on their journey. And maybe I can share some of the miracles I've, I've felt in Lourdes with them. And, and they can realize that they have their own miracles in store, too. Jesus is extremely generous. Mary is just wanting to take care of us and lead her to her son. And so I've seen many people who um, have fallen away from the church or angry. But then if I just, you know... And Jesus for them, or Mary for them, open arms, understanding, trying you know Wonderful. not to be judging. Yeah, and it's, there's also folks I think, and one of the things I love about RCI is where people have had a mistaken idea about the church. Right? They're yes, not. They weren't absolutely. Catholic even 
before, and may, or maybe they weren't even particularly religious. They, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of secularism out there, and you have right. young people getting married, and, well, Sally is Catholic, and Sally's dad's going to be really upset if Joe doesn't become Catholic. So he's like, well, okay, I'll try this. Right. And it's interesting. Sometimes, uh, you know, people will just kind of tag along, and they're not really having a great experience, but they become Catholic, and there's a mm-hmm. little mediocrity there, and that's not exciting, and that happens every once in a while. Oh, sure. But in my situation, the vast majority of folks, it's just amazing to watch the mm-hmm. transformation Transformation yes. in people who are not expecting some kind of big, you know, the Holy Spirit come crashing down upon them and they're all on fire. And yeah. I've had that a couple of times where you just see the light bulb go on mm-hmm. over their heads. And so, yeah. and, 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 and someone would come up to me afterwards, a, a family member, and say, That was a miracle. I never right. thought he would do this. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and in, we shouldn't sell those miracles short, right? And yeah. realize God is really at work. And, mm-hmm. and Mother Mary, you know, is, is there, like you say, constantly beckoning and, and bringing people yeah. in. I found that, I found that so very true too. Um, we had in our, one of our, uh, our CIA classes, we had a, a person who was an Olympic swimmer and she was very, very successful, but grew up with no religion. Um, and then she had she became ill, so she had to quit swimming. And um, she started looking around and questioning, and realizing that there had to be more to life. There had to be something bigger in life. Well, and also, you know, an Olympic swimmer, mm-hmm. they, they are like their eyes are on the prize, literally. Right. That's their yeah. whole life. They. Yeah. I don't know if people realize this, but when you're in the Olympics or preparing for the Olympics, it's like 16 hours a day, yeah, you know, exactly. doing all this stuff, and you 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 have nothing in your life really but that. Yep. Uh, and they try to scram, cram a little school in or whatever, but really you're focused on that. And then when that's taken, taken away, away for one reason or another, uh, that could be devastating. Yeah. And she realized her eye was on the wrong prize. Oh. And she found the right prize. And just seeing that, that light bulb go off and, and the world just opened up tremendously for her where she had just felt it, it had just closed in. Now, was she, did she get baptized in the church? She Is, did. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And imagine being in all that water all that time. And yeah, she never exactly. really knew, she was never, right? Yeah. If maybe if, if they'd used holy water in the Olympics or something, <laughs> that might have been better. But, but that's, a, that's such a beautiful story. And again, you see the miracle. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. And so I, I guess what we ought to do, uh, Father Fisher, w- w- what are some of the reasons? I mean, as a priest, you probably encounter lots of folks that come to you uh, and, or you hear about. And, and what are some of the reasons why people leave or walk away from the church? Because we hear a lot of that going on, where, which is really just a preparation for a big miracle coming, hopefully. But maybe our listeners want to understand why are people, you know, what, what are the things that happen in their lives that cause them to sort of turn away? We've talked about illness, perhaps, but what are some other things that you, you encounter? Well, Laura and I both work at a church dedicated to St. Ambrose. One of my favorite homilies he wrote was a reflection on the miracle where Jesus meets a blind man and opens his eyes. And St. Ambrose says, well, that's not the only miracle in the story, that really the true miracle is even greater. Doctors can open eyes. The real miracle is eyes opened, and the first thing he saw was the most beautiful thing a human eye could ever see, and that is the face of Jesus smiling back at him. That's amazing. To see with human eyes that which is perfect love and divine and eternal. And really, I think a lot of times in life, uh, we try and drive the car where the windshield's dirty or cluttered. We can't That's see right. where we're going sometimes. And so really many people, uh, they lose hope because either it's mental, physical, economic, emotional, spiritual, whatever the challenges are, sometimes our windshield gets dirty and we can't see. We know we need to go forward, but we don't know how to or we're scared to. Yeah, you can't see forward. So really what the church is, I mean, the church is there to make sure we can see and to open our eyes, as St. Ambrose says, our Lord did, and 
it's just beautiful. And here in Lourdes, how beautiful is it? The gift of Our Lady is the water. And what does water do? It cleans. Yeah. It refreshes. And so anyone that comes here who is searching for hope or answers or healing, then that water she gave literally is just a small taste, even here on earth, of waters that Jesus said will give eternal life. And so how beautiful Our Lady to give a gift. You know, a mom always knows the right gift to give. <laughs> you know, Our Lady, our, our Divine Mother, she gave a gift. All these people have come, they're thirsting for many different things. And yet she is here to give waters that are symbolic of waters of her son that will give, quench the real thirst we have. Awesome, awesome. We've got more to talk about with, um, with miracles, right? And the idea that, uh, that miracles aren't just in Lourdes, they're everywhere. Uh, right after we uh, hear this little, uh, take a little break here, we're going to, uh, I do want to remind folks at home that we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Tell me about your miracle. I appreciate hearing from you. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Claire Oferduccio was born in 1194, the daughter of a count and countess. When only 18 years old, she heard the preaching of St. Francis of Assisi and was moved to follow the way of the Franciscan brothers and vow herself to a life of poverty, forsaking all the worldly comforts that her family could offer her. She gave herself totally to God, her eternal spouse. Upon the insistence of her friend, St. Francis, St. Clair founded the Order of Poor Ladies, later called the Poor Clares. The Poor Clares lived a life of extreme austerity and of absolute poverty. Instead of beds, they slept on twigs with blankets of hemp. The old walls and ceilings were laden with cracks, and the cold and wet weather seeped through. They relied totally on God's generosity to survive. They devoted themselves to prayer in silence. St. Clair's love of the Eucharist was well known. She looked to the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament as her dearest love. She found great strength in receiving our Lord in Holy Communion and spent many an hour in Eucharistic adoration. Referring to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, St. Clair said, Gaze upon Him, consider Him, Contemplate him as you desire to imitate him. And she took her own advice to heart. Of St. Clair, Pope John Paul the Great said, Her whole life was a Eucharist, because from her cloister she raised up continual thanksgiving to God in her prayer, praise, supplication, intercession, weeping, offering, and sacrifice. There are many miracles associated with St. Clair. Tradition tells of an attack from hordes of Saracen mercenaries who were advancing on the convent. She displayed a monstrance containing the Blessed Sacrament and prayed intently before it. Suddenly and inexplicably, the Saracens retreated. Later in her life, her health began to seriously fail. On Christmas Eve, she was not able to attend Holy Mass at the newly constructed Basilica of St. Francis. Instead, God permitted St. Clair to see the entire Mass in a clear and perfect vision on the wall of her small cell. It's no wonder that for this miracle she was named the patroness of television. Just before dawn on August the 11th, in the year 1253, St. Clair, foundress of the poor Clares, 
pass quietly into the welcoming arms of Jesus. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the French Catholic Cafe. Beautiful to be here. I'm here with Father Andrew Fisher and Laura Mead, both of them from St. Ambrose Catholic Church. You're the pastor. I am. Uh, how beautiful that, you're gonna, you, that your flock allows you to come here and uh, spend a little time. Because I know you get refreshed to go back and tell them all kinds of good stuff, right? Absolutely. In fact, before I left, they promised me praying for, for us and for the, the people that we serve here during the trip. And uh, it's beautiful that members of our parish... Uh, do a lot of work helping the sick because we cover the pastoral care of the largest hospital in the state of Virginia. So oh, our parish is right. very focused on serving those that need both physical and spiritual healing. And it's connected here to Lourdes. I mean, this is a universal church. How beautiful that is. That's wonderful. Now, Laura, we were talking about RCIA a little bit and, mm-hmm. and miracles happening in RCIA. And there's one of the things that I always, uh, obviously being here in Lourdes, it makes me think about um, our Mother Mary, you know. And I, I think it's one of the neatest experiences I have, like, well, you know, way back in Memphis, Tennessee. And you guys are near Arlington, Virginia, and Annandale, Virginia, mm-hmm. right? And and how Mary is there, uh, ever-present, right, always beckoning, even not only just at Lourdes, but everywhere. And um, one of the neat experiences I always have is when, when our uh, separated brothers and sisters, Protestants, who have lived much of their life, you know, kind of eschewing Mary and saying, well, you know, that's not good, and that's bad, and I want to go straight to Jesus. And as we all know as Catholics, she leads us to Jesus. But right. How nice it is to know suddenly they have a mother, right? A universal mother, and how beautiful that is. Do you get that same experience when you're when you're talking to your folks at RCIA? I do, I do. That's one of the big issues with, um, you know, the big questions that people who are um, not Catholics, it's it's one of the biggest questions they have that, you know, uh, what's the, we worship Mary? How do, how does that work? Right, we hear a lot. And of that, so don't. yeah, explaining that it's not it's not worshiping her. It's you know we have a, a special mother who is right next to Jesus, and who wouldn't want to have mom putting her arm around you and whispering to her son, okay, remember like. And here's your daughter. Here's your son. And we're bring, being brought yeah, Jesus, right to Jesus. Jesus gave her to us. Right. So right? We, we And need she to tells use us, her. do whatever he tells you, right? You know, yeah. so it's like there's, yeah. a, there's a connection. I love, um, you know, the, the prayer called the Magnificat. My soul love proclaims it. the greatness of the Lord. And I love the, the, the translation, my soul magnifies the mm-hmm. Lord. And she's a magnifying mm-hmm. glass. She leads us to Jesus. And right. to me, that's so profound. And, and when people first realize that, that they, they do have a mother, mm-hmm. right? the mother of our Lord, but our mother, the mother of the church, that's really profound. That makes a lot of, uh, that makes a lot of converts really happy. I guess it does. It really does. Cause she's mom and who doesn't love that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and she knows Jesus better than anybody else. And when she whispers in our ear or, or helps guide us, she knows of what she speaks. Mm. And so, you know, if we listen to her, we are guaranteed to be with Jesus. Right. Um, it's just a matter of being able to listen. And, and I think the more we encounter miracles in life and realize that miracles are all around us, and the more we open our eyes to them, the more we see. It's not that there are more happening. It's just we are finally realizing how many miracles are happening all the time. God wants to reach down and talk to us and touch us 
all the time, and he is. And I hope when I get to heaven, I will. At first, I hope I get to heaven. We're praying for you right now, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. We got, we're gonna, everyone listening right uh, now, you know, pr- I, send a prayer for Laura Mead. I don't want to be presumptuous, but <laughs> when I get up there, I, part of what I'd love to see is, okay, so why did that happen, and how did this happen, and, and was that you that told me to do this, and, you know, was that, was that the Holy Spirit prompting me to do that? Um, and I see that a lot in, at the parish with with our parishioners in the Bible studies or um, in our intercessory prayer groups or we have a parent group that actually meets during CCD time that has started talking about the faith and learning more about the faith and all of those different groups though they are sort of studying separately they're all on the same page and well how does that happen well it must be the Holy Spirit moving everybody um, and when people realize that it is the Holy Spirit that that we are connected and that Mary is, is helping us and, you know, protecting us and guiding us and being gentle with us um, when we get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit and mm. Mary and Jesus work. Crazy miracles happen. Yeah, and in your little parish. In our tiny little parish. And we keep saying, and all of the different groups have all said separately, what an amazing world it would be if every single person just did one thing for someone else. Or had one experience of truly miraculous, you know, God right. touching our lives. Just one tiny thing. Um, what a what a beautiful place it would be. Deacon Jeff, I grew up in Washington, D.C. area, and it was obligatory for every school child to go on a tour of the Smithsonian Museums in mm. Washington, especially the Air and Space Museum. So several years my grade school went to spend a day in a tour, and they had wonderful volunteer tour guides. But my seventh grade year, my class went, and the tour guide is different. It was actually an astronaut. Oh. And what a difference between having a tour guide who had read books or studied the topic and someone else who had actually been there, had actually experienced takeoff, had actually experienced life wow, in outer space. Yeah. And I always tell people that there are many people who would give wonderful wisdom about the spiritual life or growing in faith. But we look to Mary because for her, it was not from studying or it was not from something passed on. She actually experienced it. She would be, if you let me allow the analogy, she'd be like the astronaut. She actually knew Jesus. She actually was the first disciple. She actually was the one who dedicated her entire life to the work and the ministry of her son. So much so that we look to her as being the example of all Christians, men and women, that we right. need to follow the example of Mary. So when we go to Mary, we're going to the one who has shown us the way of following Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's the third appearance she made here in Lourdes to Bernadette. She promised Bernadette, I do not promise to make you happy in this world by the next. In other words, Mary is not one you go to because... Like Santa Claus, she'll give you a nice clothes or a car or all these things, but she can give you, more importantly, her son. And so Mary will always lead us deeper to her son. It won't stop with Mary. If yeah, we trust awesome. in Mary, she leads us to her yeah, son. Yeah, and again, you know, miracles have always got... Mary is Mary is right around the corner. Every, every miracle that happens, Mary is, is there in some form or fashion. A lot of people don't realize that. Well, of course, God, you know, Jesus does the miracles. Well, yes, but Mary leads us to the miracles. I just don't want to separate Mary from all this miraculous because it's so beautiful and it's so profound here in Lourdes, right? Now, but back yeah. at, in, your, in your parish again, Laura, you, you were talking about all these other things that you do. 
Mm-hmm. And, and something struck me, and you were talking about like the prayer groups, intercessory prayer groups, right? right? Praying on for other people mm-hmm. and all the needs of the parish, maybe the Absolutely. world, all the things that you cover there, right? You've got Bible studies and things going, and you also probably, as a DRE, you work a lot with the First Communion and the First uh, our first Confession, First Communion yes. folks, right? Yes. Which uh, is uh, speaking to all the DREs out there. This mm-hmm. is where we pull our hair out because this we go, oh, the kids weird. are so cute, but those parents, I know. they're crazy. But you know what? Know. There's a There's a mission field there. And I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but um, I, I remember I do a talk now before every first penance meeting with the mandatory meeting for the parents. Right. And they're coming to get like, what time do I show up and what do they wear? And <laughs> we have to buy this little candle and they want to know the thing. So I have a little sheet with that on it. Right. But they have to listen to about 15 minutes of me at the beginning to say, look, your kids are going to grow up and do exactly what you do. If you, if you want your kids to go to confession, you need to go to confession. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you have not been to confession in months, years, never, right. right? And you're telling me that you want your kid to come here and receive the sacrament. This is not a hoop you jump through. And what's amazing is you start seeing people go back to confession. Do you have that same mm-hmm. kind of thing happen? We do, yes. In fact, this year, um, our first communion is next weekend, so please pray Yay. for us. Yeah, Yay! So is ours. So, so is ours. That's great. Um, and this year, you know, we do the same things. We have the meetings and everything. Um, and when we do the first confessions, we have, you know, probably pretty typical. We have the kids come in, um, go to their first confessions, and we offer the, uh, the opportunity for parents, right. too. And this year, we had so many more parents than previous years oh, take awesome. advantage of the sacrament. And some, I mean, I wasn't really going to ask right. them, but some I'm sure. It's been a while. Um, I'm going to give you a tip, and I'll let folks listen out there. This is something I started doing that it just paid off in, in droves. It's amazing. I printed out a piece of paper that says how to go to confession. And it's real mm-hmm. simple, and really it's designed for someone who hadn't been in a long time who's really too embarrassed to go and ask. They, they right. think they're going to go in and get in trouble from their priest. Father Andrew, do you, do you get, yell at people when they come in and they don't know the proper ritual? <laughs> no, of course not. Not at all. You walk up to them. In fact, I thank them because many Amen. of them are inspiring. You know, many yeah, of but them I are gave inspiring. them this little piece of paper and I handed it out. I printed it on some pink paper or whatever and handed it all out and mm-hmm. said, look, I don't know if you're going to go back or, or if you're going to use these things, but you know, take it in the confessional. It's okay. You can read from this. It's right. all right to do that. And what's so funny is uh, and when we had the first penance service and you know, we had all the priests in there, and I looked and there was about four or five different people who had that thing they unfolded, pulled out there, and they went in there with this piece of paper. And that told me that they were, it's a, um, it's a miracle, right? They're oh, going back to confession. Yeah. And they hadn't been gone in a while because they obviously didn't know how. Uh, and that's an opportunity right. and such a beautiful right. blessing to see. Yeah, isn't it? it is. And we do, we do a similar thing. We have, you know, the little program. And on the back of the program is an examination of conscience. Oh, that, yeah. You know, oh, and the whole how to go to confessions for the for the kids but it really is for anyone who's in that church and if we can help one person get back to the sacrament we've done our job and, and then another miracle another miracle. and mother mary's there absolutely yeah. once you go after have not gone for a while and you discover the peace and you discover uh the joy that comes from that you want it again and so once someone comes back it's very common in my experience that once you've tasted that and it is so good and so enriching in your life, you'll keep coming back. We just have to make sure people know, come back. So beautiful, Laura and Father Fisher. Thank you so much for being here, uh, sharing your, this, this beautiful message about Mary. And speaking of Mary, we ought to close this program with a prayer, asking for her intercession. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.